Welcome to the Priestess Mercury podcast. I'm going to light some Palo Santo right now to ground and clear the energy of Matt and I and you by proxy as I light this Palo Santo. May we be grounded in our hearts, higher self, soul, true self, whatever you want to call your inner authentic being that is you. May we fully ground and may Matt and I fully ground and bring through the priestess Mercury spew that is meant to come out today in service for whoever is listening and watching. North, east, south, and west, earth, air, fire, water, above and below, here, now, and center. So mode it be. So mode it be. And so uh, today we're gonna kind of jump into the astrology a little bit and talk, uh, follow up on some of what we were talking about uh, in the first early episodes, uh, having to do with uh, the nodes of the moon, which are the points where uh, the eclipses happen. That's really, that's the main thing that you need to know is that uh, those are where you will expect the eclipses to happen when you have a new moon or a full moon uh, uh, close to those points. And right now they're in uh, Sagittarius and Gemini. I want to uh, jump in right there and also just say the nodes of the moon on, on the healing level is your less, the north node is what you what we need to learn south node is what we need to release right there's yeah. soul lessons yeah and some astrologers will interpret those as the south node being the past or early experience and the north node being where you're moving towards or the future uh the similar uh, uh similar ways of reading it but mostly it's it's about direction for the life uh and you know how you can tap in closer to the uh, the true or inner self. And uh, this year in particular, well, since October, we've been dealing with the, the nodes of the moon coming into a, uh, a square relationship with the planet Neptune, which has been in Pisces. Um, and the square aspect uh, has to do with challenges. Uh, that we face. And in particular, when you're dealing with a challenge in terms of direction, then we're talking about uh, a difficulty in a, uh, figuring out where things are going and where you're, you know, what you need to tap into. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of unpack that a bit today. Uh, and maybe we should start with uh, kind of recapping that uh, Sagittarius and Gemini energy in terms of what the nodes of the moon, uh, where they're at now, what it's, uh, where that is pointing us uh, in, in terms of starting out. So Michelle, yeah. you want to jump in there? Or? I'll jump in there. And I just want to make super simple the reiteration that Neptune right now squaring the nodes, north node, Gemini, South Node, Sagittarius for a bit, for a minute, like six months, it's been there, is what we are meant to do is learn to be more Gemini 
and learn to let go of the Sagittarius shadow. And this is soul lesson learning and it's collective because the collective nodes are there. So it's for us all. We each have our personal North node, South node, soul lessons, soul growth. And this is the collective one. So Gemini Sagittarius is the collective one, North node, South node, which is very much about the mental plane. It's all about the mind. And Sagittarius is the South node that we're supposed to let go of. So when it's the letting go in the South node, it's more tapping into the shadow, which is in the shadow of Sagittarius, to keep it real simple, is letting go of holding your beliefs with a torch ready to burn, you know, rigid and I'm right. And this is the only right way. And that, so releasing that. And we'll just keep it to that real simple anywhere in your own psyche in your own mind where you're really holding on hard to a belief to the point where you might feel hatred for others or so angry at anyone who feels or thinks differently or unflexible not supple unable to see different paths to the same truth because that's the gemini north node that we're all supposed to collectively learn essentially many paths to the same truth that there's so many different ways in the mind to mm -hmm. look at one thing that the mind is kaleidoscopic and it we our minds are interpreters they're not objective they are interpreting everything and gemini really understands that there's so many different ways to interpret even really intense things like the current president and social injustice and all the darkest things that humans go through, the mind is still interpreting it. And Gemini knows there's many ways to look at that. And we're really supposed to learn how to embrace each other's ways of looking at it and seeing it. And I say that too, with a disclaimer that when we're dealing with psychopathology, people that are bigots, prejudice, uh, filled with so much hate they see other races or other types of people as less than we are not talking about beliefs we're talking about mental illness or psychopathology that's not what we're talking about here we're staying in right. the realm of beliefs and learning how to be more flexible open supple seeing the different many ways of looking and perceiving yeah because Sagittarius um I mean, the, the, uh, what's happening with, when we get to Sagittarius and we're dealing with the beliefs is that those differences in beliefs then challenge us to rethink our own beliefs uh, so that we don't become so rigid, uh, which is kind of the point of Sagittarius. And Gemini is kind of the, the other way around, which is not to just take what everybody tells you, uh, but to bring things back to uh, what is right in front of you and what is uh, cues closer to your lived experience. So it's a balancing act between those things. And when they get out of control, mm -hmm. then we wind up with these, uh, this Imbalance. kind of hatred and uh, kind of disgust at, uh, at other people. And we get really hard, uh, hard line and we can't be flexible. And that is a problem. Yeah, very good point. 
there that Gemini is the local mind, the here and now, the executive functioning mind, Mm -hmm. managing what's right before you, whereas Sagittarius is the higher truths. And what can happen, and the higher truths as beliefs, because this is going to segue into Neptune, but the higher truths as mental beliefs, like this is what I believe. And when we're talking mind, it's a sentence. It's, mm-hmm. it's like words and Sag is all about those higher and it's great in the light to connect to these higher truths, but yeah, in the shadow, it becomes rigid. And if you don't believe it, then I want to burn you at the stake or hate you or divide, you know, have this big divide. And then, yeah, Gemini is more about just, Hey, there's lots of beliefs. Let's what's the best one for the here and now. What's pertinent for the here and now? Let's be, right. yeah, more flexible about it and draw upon many different sources, which kind of segues, I feel like I want to kind of segue into what Matt and I were discussing to bring up in the podcast today um, is looking just to get super specific and political about it for a moment of mm-hmm. looking at all of the infighting that goes on with everyone who I just want to call cares about liberty, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're center, radical left, a little left of center, a little right of center, just anyone who cares about liberty and human rights versus the psychopathology, the danger that we're facing of the hatred and I just want to name it. I want to give it one word, you know, fascism, um, you know, so, and that all of the infighting going on with people who care about liberty would be very much the Sagittarius shadow. Right. Right. Like the radical left being like, hey, moderate, F you, you're seeing it wrong. You know, you're not woke. And the moderate going to the radical, like, F you, you're just too dangerous. You're moving too fast or. Right. Well, and, it, and <clears throat> that then spills over into this need to have to control the other person uh, because they become a fear, something to fear or something dangerous uh, to your belief structure. Uh, but you know, one of that, that lesson of the, especially the South node, which is letting go of the overriding structure of the belief or, uh, you know, letting go of needing to be right all the time. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. And so such a poignant right there, like it's fear that makes us cling really heavily in that sad shadow And so how do we reduce fear? Now, one way to reduce fear is you constantly need to regulate your nervous system, which is a whole other topic, but we wanna talk about Neptune. Neptune in its light. And we'll talk about the shadow too, which gets talked about a lot, but Mm -hmm. Neptune in its light being whatever faith that you have whether that is a religious faith, a spiritual, not religious faith, an atheist faith, a transpersonal agnostic faith, it doesn't matter, Gemini, whatever it is for you, the ability to get beyond the self and the ego, controlling everything, 
and being threatened by everything by resting faith is like the ability to root right in a larger transpersonal bigger than the self being able to root in this larger faith this larger transpersonal personal energy that you can surrender into that you can call upon and invoke that when you do that the neptune squaring these nodes the mind it's basically mm -hmm. like the faith squaring the mind when you allow when you put energy towards connecting then as you were saying yesterday matt it's like then the beliefs naturally lighten up right you don't have to try really hard to not be rigid you just naturally become less rigid right you become more comfortable in uh kind of the dream space uh, of life where you know the the hard and fast rules of what we how we think things need to go or have to go uh that they don't always have to go that way and you can have shifts and they can be liberatory and they can uh, allow you into things you didn't know were possible before. And that's one of the really amazing things about uh, about Neptune. And of course, it also suggests the dangerous side too of getting lost in that, uh, that dream space or yeah, that before, escape from reality. I just wanna, before we go into the shadow to really dig into the light, like that dream space and that the dream space isn't fake. It's not false. It's speaking to, if you're spiritual, it's speaking to the oneness. If you're spiritual, not religious, it's speaking that we are all one. If you're atheist, it's speaking to that all of nature is symbiotic and interconnected. We are not separate hard egos, like separate from nature. We are, everything is symbiotic. If you're coming from a more religious faith, you could say we're all souls that and to unconditionally love like a christ energy right you know that this dream space is another dimension it's an actual real dimension along with the dimension of the lower and higher mind and in this dimension called the dream space for some it's a real place you mm -hmm. know like the seventh dimension or heaven or the other side and for some it's just like nature and the symbiosis of nature. And it doesn't matter how you connect to that dream space, but that like you're saying, when you do connect to it, that you actually get nourished. Right. It really does calm your nervous system and it really does calm your mind and it really does feed you because it's what's real because we are interconnected. Right, yeah, and that, yeah, that's that kind of feeling that people will often say once they've been through a kind of uh, yoga or mantra meditation, or maybe they've been through a kind of religious service that has a lot of like uh, emotional components to it, um, that they uh, are feeling blissed out. Uh, and that that's kind of that kind of uh, almost oceanic feeling uh, where you're tapped into uh, the flow of, uh, of spirit or uh, something beyond uh, the self and the physical that those, and it's not just an escape from it, but it's just a, a tapping into it so that the right. physical and the spiritual coexist 
Uh, I love that right there. I want to interrupt you and say, and repeat what you said. It's not an escape. It's a tapping into. Mm-hmm. That That is available for us at all times, this transpersonal level, but we have to tap into it. It's not going to, it's not going to interfere. Right. Our will has to say, God, goddess, nature, ancestors, angels, allies, higher self, support me, mm-hmm. remove my fear, give me comfort, show me the way, help me find balance. We have to invoke we have to use our mind. Sag would be the higher, mm-hmm. the higher faith. Like this is what I believe, and Gemini would be the actual like speaking of, and right. doing it. And also the that just made made me think of the Virgo part we were talking about yesterday. That Virgo being the polarity of Pisces, right? In this in this triangle, making it a diamond. Yeah. Well, and. I mean, in a future episode, we'll kind of dig into the rhythms of the chart uh, a bit and talk about what we would call the modes, uh, which uh, are that there are signs that are cardinal, signs that are fixed, signs that are uh, mutable. Uh, And so what we're dealing with here is kind of the cross section of the mutable signs where things, uh, you're letting go of things and allowing things to shift and change and become what they need to be in order to grow. Shape shifting uh, is mutable, right? Mutation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gemini, and just to reiterate, Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, which is Pisces. opposite of Pisces, mm-hmm. are the mutable. Yeah. So we have this kind of triangulation that's happening right now with uh, Neptune kind of coming up. Uh, in Pisces, mid-Pisces, and the nodes are in mid-Gemini and Sagittarius. And so they're creating this, uh, you know, on the chart, a 90-degree angle. Uh, and it's crea- it creates a kind of tension uh, about tension between yeah. uh, what we need to let go and what we need to embrace. Squares uh, chafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when, when you have a square that's like that, where but you have this opposition, uh, of like here, the nodes are representing that. Uh, then what you what we want to look for is what's on the other side of the uh, the chart. So Neptune's in Pisces, so we want to look at Virgo uh, to kind of understand what's going to help us uh, to balance, not just uh, to channel that tension. Channel uh, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. The balance is to actually channel it, not just oh, transpersonal, it's just this concept, connect to it. When you bring Virgo in, it's like how to channel it, which is the practice, because Virgo is the details and the practice and the doing, like actually having a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And if you're atheist, you know, a mindfulness practice. Right. Or getting out into nature practice. The practice that makes sense for your personal faith. Yeah, something that we do in the, that engages both the physical and the spiritual, uh, however you deal with that uh, or interpret that. Right, because Virgo is the tangible. The Pisces is like the ethers and the Virgo makes the ethers tangible. And when we root in this Virgo Pisces by 
tapping into our personal faith and channeling it through a practice, then the Gemini Sag part well, and that's maybe the chafe is you kind of have to force yourself. I mean, I hardly know. I love doing my spiritual practice, but I'm a weirdo that way. Most people it's like, Ugh, I got to do my practice. Um, right. But that when you do it, that, yeah, your beliefs can, you can chill out. And then we all can have a more supple, flexible, mutable mind and getting back to that just infighting as the example among people who want liberty, actually have the flexibility to say, hey, you over far left, here's something valuable that we can use. Hey, you over in the middle, here's something val valuable we can use. Like, right? can we come together and like see the value of all the different has so long as they're under that umbrella of love of liberty of making the world the better place and same in your own psyche same mm -hmm. you know as out here so in here you know if you have all these parts of yourself that are infighting that are like i don't want to but you should well f you you know and you have these different aspects of yourself that are just fragmented and fighting you really can't grow. You get stuck. Right. Yeah, it, it it really is one of the, I mean, and I know personally, like the periods where I have engaged uh, the Virgo part of my chart and engaged ritual and engaged uh, engaging the disciplines that I, I find a lot more of the direction and, and the uh, kind of an understanding that even if I don't know exactly what's going to happen next, I know what I can rely on myself to do. Um, and that is to, yeah, that's to a good way of saying it. And let the thought, like uh, in terms of like a meditation practice, it's like learn to be present and witness the thoughts and the feelings as they flare up, uh, but to just witness them, uh, to, to see them for what they are, but not to get uh, to go after the mind or to go after the emotions and to get caught up in them as though they're, uh, that, that that is the only experience that I can have. Uh, and yeah. it, it really is, uh, it, it really does allow me then to be able to feel like I can act with some kind of agency and not, you know, get super impulsive uh, or, to, you know, zone out and over-intellectualize everything. I just want to summarize that because that's exactly it, that when engaging the Pisces-Virgo axis of rooting in faith and having a spiritual practice, you're developing the witness. You can call, you know, people in mindfulness call it the witness. You can call it the soul. You can call it the higher self. You can call it the authentic self, the true self, but it's that part that you have to feed for it to come alive inside of you and when you do feed that it does come alive inside of you and it's separate than the constant barrage of thoughts and feelings thoughts and feelings come from they come to you they're just passing through feelings are chemical mm -hmm. storms and thoughts are like we're like our brains are like radio stations tuning in and catching all these thoughts and they're not who we are right and that when we do 
use that Pisces Virgo access and have our spiritual practice, it increases the witness and the witness gives us that space and choice. And to put it psychologically, the nervous system can stay relaxed enough that when triggered, the witness can go, hey, you're triggered right now. Mm-hmm. You want, you feel angry. You have the thought that you're right and they're wrong and they're an idiot and you're great. Just watch that. Right. And take some distance from it and root back in love. Maybe you need to go have some self-care now because you've been triggered. And yeah. that's like kind of how it looks like. And then the more that you keep with the discipline every day, you have to keep doing it. That's Virgo. It has to be methodical that the witness gets stronger and stronger. Just like if you're like going to the gym to get in shape and your muscles get stronger and stronger and the stronger your witness becomes, the easier it is to just have that distance from your thoughts and feelings and not identify with them and not live inside of them. And, you know, it's like being tossed on a stormy sea all the time. Right. And then you get stuck in these stories that you've been telling yourself. Yeah. Um, and you take the story as though it's fact, even though it was just yeah. a way that you were framing things for yourself. Right. Um, and sometimes those are helpful and sometimes they get out of whack. So like I'll catch myself when I'm you know, doing my practices, I'll be able to catch myself uh, in the moments when I'm saying, oh, it's always this way or it's never that way. Or yeah. uh, you know, I feel like I'm stuck or trapped or, uh, and then I can recognize, oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, it's not always that way. Uh, it's just that way some of the time. Yeah, you can and- reframe. Mm-hmm. the negative narrative right these negative narratives that just build and those are neural pathways mm-hmm. in psychology and they actually live in the brain these neural pathways they're like these super highways and the when you build the witness you can recognize the negative narrative you can be like oh there's that narrative that says i'm not good enough again mm-hmm. and that's actually not true that's just how i'm telling the story Right. And can I tell the story differently? And then mm-hmm. you start creating a new superhighway, which is really hard work. But again, like when you stick with the spiritual practice, the work, it, it's like the secret key. That's how mm-hmm. I personally feel that having your spiritual or mindfulness or however you want to call it practice, it's like, it really helps that it's like bringing out like a thousand workers on your highway of the new neural pathway. It's just, it works. Versus when you're just this separate ego, you're just this Sag or this Gemini and you're just like, I'm separate. And it's all about my thoughts and feelings. You can't really grow or heal. You're just always tossed on the sea of the collective unhinged. Right. And maybe unhinged inside too. Yeah, you become kind of a victim to the natural world. Yeah. Uh, and no one really, I mean, sometimes it can, it's helpful to recognize that you, you know, you things happen and, you know, you don't have control over them. But you don't want to get in, into the, uh, the place where you see everything stacked against you as like it's uh, everything is out to get you. 
Yeah, that's uh, and, the narrative part. When it, when you say everything's out to get me versus when you're not right. in the narrative and you can just say, I'm hurting. This is hard. Yeah. This is too much. This is scary. I feel scared. Way different yeah. than when you say the world's out to get me. There's something wrong with me that makes bad things happen. That's all narrative. Narrative right. is literally blah, blah, blah. Whereas when you're naming your feelings, you're just like, I feel scared, I'm hurting. And then you're just noting, which is what you do when you meditate, you just note, you're like sad, mm -hmm. anxious, angry, yeah. judgy. And then that keeps you in that experience of objective experience of like, this is objectively happening. I'm objectively sad. And then as soon as you put the narrative on it, because life always denies me of what I need the most, then you're like, that's subjective. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Like the way that we talk about the feelings is a subjective kaleidoscopic. It's like changeable, which kind of like to probably, we should probably get to the shadow so we can move to the other aspect like is the shadow of the Pisces Neptune square of getting like diluted by, by your faith. Like that might be like, you know, Jesus is the only God. If you don't think so, you're going to hell. Or right. like, if you don't believe in the conspiracy uh, that, you know, negative aliens are controlling everything, then you're lost or or sometimes it's the, I, I can't have anything around me that is negative. Uh, I have to, everything always has to be positive. And if anyone is negative, they're bad and they need to be gone. Uh, oh yeah, that's so true. Cut things out of my life instead of, you know, recognizing that, uh, oh, wait, uh, you know, when you miss that part of the practice about the affirmation where the affirmation can be, you know, helpful. Uh, is in just getting the mind to think a little differently. And instead you do this kind of repression of all the negative things. And you're and, like, and it has to stay positive. It has to stay positive. <laughs> and like a loss of tangibility. I'm thinking of two things, you know, tangibility is the Virgo and this is, would be a good segue for our ne next aspect. But I'm thinking of what is that term from the nineties? The, the pixie, rainbow pixie. Manic dream pixie dream girl. Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Neptune Shadow. Mm -hmm. Also the New Ager that's like terrified of anything negative, terrified of anything dark and ha yeah, has to keep everything love and light. Same with like religious where, you know, I mean, well, I'm not gonna go into any. Well, it's also any. like the things that we do, like we, you know, numb ourselves with, uh, Alcohol. alcohol, drugs. I mean, it doesn't have to be substances like that, but sometimes, sometimes it's just numbing ourselves with fantasy. Uh, oh yeah, because if we stick more with the mind, since we're dealing with Sag, uh, Gemini, mind, yeah, the fantasy, mm -hmm. right? That's totally Neptune shadow. Yeah, and sometimes that if that fantasy gets out of control, it can make it difficult to know where to go because you don't want to deal with the negative stuff. You want to stay in the, uh, in, in the fantasy space uh, instead of you know, that connection of the physical and the dream space. You, you want those things to 
kind of work with each other and to be tapped in, uh, but you don't want to be checked out, uh, which yeah. is that ne that uh, Neptune shadow. Yeah, you don't want to escape or be checked out. And it is about grounding into the tangible and into the physical. We are on earth. We have human bodies. Nature is dark and light. This is the reality. And, you know, also just want to it reminds me of chakras and how it's so easy to live in the upper chakras of just the ethereal and the belief and forget the lower chakras. And this is where we feel secure, why we need to regulate the nervous system, how the spiritual practice does regulate the nervous system and having um, a healthy developed ego as well, that our egos are meant to be too. Right. Our egos are what allows us to be separate humans in bodies. And that's part of this experience too. And to have a healthy ego and, you know, it goes into a whole other thing of like attachment wounds, but just to name right. it. And, and, you know, we've got, and maybe this is a good segue into talking about why this is important to deal with. Uh, because right now yeah. we've also, we're also in the midst of a transit where we're getting a heavy emphasis on Taurus. Yeah. Uh, which this is kind of the ego. Uh, this is where we allow, we set boundaries that allow us to operate. Uh, and that's what the ego does is it's like, you can't just be pure thought. You, you can't just be purely physical. You have to like uh, rope things off and make things simple for yourself to a point. Like that really serves you. Uh, when those things get out of control, it becomes a problem. And right now we're dealing with a kind of rigid, where rigid egos. Uh, and so we've got the planet Uranus. Before is, you go, before you talk about Uranus, I just want to reiterate again, just to seal the deal, Taurus. Yeah. Taurus, yeah, being the tangible, the body, the right here, right now. And it can be helpful to think about animals because mm -hmm. we are animals, but when you think about other animals, like you think about, you know, a lion protecting her young, she's not sitting there going, you know, is it bad to be fierce right now? She's just being fierce to keep the other animal away. Right. Or, you know, it's like what our animal bodies do to survive and to be here on the planet and to be a part of nature is Taurus. Right. Well, and it's also the same thing when we think about our stuff and our possessions that are around us. Yeah, Taurus uh, is our stuff, our possessions, our resources. We can get caught up in a sense of entitlement uh, where we think we're entitled to all these things. But that sense of possessiveness is just more about attuning yourself to the things around you. Uh, what are my values and resources? What do I, uh, you know, what am I going to choose to have with me? Yeah. Uh, so like thinking about animals there again, like an animal in nature, its resources or its den, its, mm -hmm. its area where it makes its home, like that our resource, our tourists is also about our connection to resources and that there's a natural way to do that, to be, to, we all want home and we all want food, shelter and love because Taurus is also ruled by Venus. So we, right. that's the third aspect of it. It's like how to naturally connect with the resources and not be greedy and possessive, which is a sh the shadow, like right. mine, 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 like Gollum, essentially. <laughs> my precious. Yeah, my precious <laughs> would be Taurus shadow. 
Mm -hmm. And, and then it's ruled by Venus, which is mm -hmm. all about the sensual Taurus is, so it's not just the loaf of bread, the fundamental, like the animal surviving in nature with its resources. It's also about the beauty of being embodied, the sense, mm -hmm. the, the tastes, the sex, the mm -hmm. affection. It's like the sensual experience and how awesome and beautiful that is. Yeah, it, it, it is that way of uh, the comforts. The uh, comforts too. Yeah, beauty, comfort. It's Venus as love as the tangible. The way you feel in your, I mean, well, it gets a little into cancer energy, but yeah, just like the textiles, <laughs> the colors, the comfort, the security. Taurus is so much about security. Doesn't like change, which right. is good segue now I think for the Uranus part because it's yeah. definitely a paradox right now. Well, when it gets to when we when those kind of when that little world we built up for ourselves gets to we don't want to let anything in. Our uh, little tourist world of comfort, security, and safety. Right. I mean, I, I grew up in a lot in uh, around a lot of this where it's like no change, no change. We're afraid of change. Uh, and what happens is that at a certain point, change is going to happen. Uh, and uh, in, in order for us, uh, for humans uh, or human-like uh, beings of any kind, like we're, we're uh, running up against this uh, desire to also uh, experience more and to have some agency uh, instead of just being like roped off from everything. Uh, and so what will happen is, and Uranus is a great like archetypal energy for this, is it comes in and disrupts the normal, the routine, it, uh, you know, your, sort, your resources, what, you know, whatever Taurus is in your chart. Uh, and it, it creates some crises that force you to have to open up a bit more. Yeah, it forces your in. mind to evolve. Uranus yeah. is very mental. It's how you identify with yourself. It's an Aquarius energy. So yeah, it mm -hmm. comes into that Taurus comfort zone where it's gonna be till 2026, by the way. Right. And it comes into that Taurus comfort zone that's terrified of change and creates a physical crisis because Taurus, mm -hmm. tangible, comes in and creates, and I am being pummeled by this one right now. Right. We all are. And, so, and it creates that physical crisis that is going to force you, or is already doing it, all of us, uh, to be different in our minds with how we identify with ourselves, or how we, wherever it is in your house, in your right. natal chart. It's like, maybe you have to change your way you think about yourself. Maybe you have to change how you think about resources. Maybe you have to change how you think about home, depending on which house Taurus is in. Right. Yeah. And so, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Personally, like it's in my second house. Uh, I'm an Aries rising. So my second house is uh, Taurus. And uh, so that has to do with my resources. And, um, and yeah, it's like this year with COVID, uh, I had a comfy job that I was relying on. 
that was also keeping me from trying a whole lot of things like putting a lot of effort into this astrology business I sort of started, but just kind of let it trickle along. And I, I you know, I learned a lot of things while I did that, but, uh, but then, you know, I got laid off and then I'm like, oh, what, what am I going to do? Like, there's this crisis that's forcing me to have to have a new relationship to my resources and to rethink where those are coming from uh, and to make it, you know, more in line with where I want to go and not be stuck in a job uh, that while it's feeding my comforts, was not really nourishing me uh, and allowing me to grow personally. Yeah, so such a great personal example and how Uranus is like gonna force you to think about money in a different way and work in a different way to align you more with where the Aquarius, the Jupiter-Saturn part is. And I don't know, I feel like I'm naturally segueing to the <laughs> <laughs> to the square here. Right. Because so, so we got where Uranus Taurus is till 2026. Obviously, we see it for the collective with the pandemic and social justice. In your personal life, you can find it in the chart. Right. And then coming up tomorrow, or did it already start? Mars? Tomorrow. Tomorrow on an Well, that'll be Wednesday. It'll be happening right as the uh, presidential inauguration is happening in the United States. Yeah. We'll have a conjunction of Mars. Coincidence. And- yeah. Well, I mean, it was interesting, like Mars and that last degree of Aries uh, on January 6th. Uh, it, so it has this burst of anger as it changes signs. Uh, you have this storming of the Capitol and then you get these images of this guy wandering around the halls of the Capitol with this uh, these bull's horns, which is a Taurus kind of image. Very uh, synchronistic. Very angry. Yeah. So he's like, this embodiment of like Mars entering Taurus. Uh, An embodiment like, of the shadow of Mars Taurus. Right. Right. Because Mars is the masculine energy within us. It's the directional energy. It's the impetus, the motivation, the drive. It's the, uh, it's the do. And then in the shadow, obviously it's really crappy. It's really angry right. and impulsive and dominating. Good stuck and can't stand it and so it just like wants to punch the walls and yeah uh, can't like do a whole lot it's where you expend a lot of energy just to move an inch uh it gets very uncomfortable Um, yeah and in taurus and i like how you said mars and taurus and it changes signs regularly quick quicker when mars and taurus you described as the bull in the china shop yeah, that's that's one of the ways that I shadow. like to think about it is, yeah, it's the bull in the china shop. It can't deal with the delicate things. Uh, it just has to like thrash around and smash everything. Yeah, and that could be in the psyche, bull in the china shop. It can, And then I think of um, tsunamis and volcanoes, like very well with the conjunction. So, you know, Mars in Taurus is now coming right next to Uranus in Taurus. That right. conjunction is we're together now we act as one so there's this bull in the china shop like can't handle delicacy mixing with i'm going to change everything really fast through a crisis uranus they're coming together 
which makes me think immediately of like a tsunami or a volcano, like an in nature that might look like a natural crisis in the collective. We definitely are seeing this happen right now in this country. And then this, this conjunction, and then in your personal chart, wherever it is. So for me, mm -hmm. it's in my first house. So for me, it's a very, very quickly and suddenly Uranus changing my identity. First house is how you identify with yourself. And I will say that I have been through a lot of personal crises the past two weeks. And I am a completely different person than I was two weeks ago in terms of how I identify with myself because of how the crises changed me. Right. So it's, you know, like that. And then it's squaring. Saturn and Jupiter uh, up there in Aquarius, which we talked about uh, in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, so go check that episode out. Uh, if you, we talk a bit about Aquarius and what that means. For now, we can, we might just want to say that Aquarius has to do with, uh, you know, thinking about humanity uh, kind of on a larger scale uh, and the, our ways of thinking. And, uh, and I always want to bring thinking. in, people always forget to mention this about Aquarius. It's about being your true self. And then thinking about humanity. Aquarians and Aquarius energy is like, don't get in my bubble. This is who I am. And I have enough distance from you to not morph into who you are. Aquarius is all about, it's about knowing who your true yeah. self is and then offering yourself to the collective and wanting to make the whole world a better right. place. Yeah, it's how do I authentically fit in? Uh, how in do I authentically picture? fit in? Yeah. So depending on where you are in your process, you know, do you still need to figure out who you are? You know, like you, we don't want to forget about the self and just help humanity. It's like first the self, put the mask on you before the child, know who you are and then offer that. Because when we offer our true self to humanity, we all take our natural role in it. Some of us are more warriors, some of us are more healers, some of us are more teachers, some of us are more politician or whatever. Like we all have a natural inclination based on who we truly are deep within that mm. leads us to help. And Aquarius cares. Yeah, Aquarius is like, I care about everyone. Right. And from the place of me, of truth, that is me. Right. And so when we've got Saturn and uh, Jupiter kind of both up there in this push-pull kind of energy about, uh, about how do we fit in with everybody else. Uh, and you know, we're getting this drama right now about social media and who's allowed to be speaking in certain spaces and what they're allowed to do. So we're getting that kind of drama is also then uh, creating some tension about you know, what, you know, how rigid are we in our own uh, comfort zones. Uh, how I mean, yeah, right. Ideally, right. Like in the light of Jupiter expansion, Saturn limitation, Aquarius, and together would be like how I just got I just got noodled in my head. Yeah. That, well, that also happens in Aquarius quite a bit too. <laughs> yeah, and that 
you know, when Saturn and Jupiter are together, there's expansion through limitation. Right. So if you look at that, like, I'm going to stay my true self limited. I'm not going to become you. I will expand by sharing that with the world. Mm -hmm. But then it's squaring this Uranus Mars. And it's getting a lot of like, you're not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, who are you to speak white person? Who are you to speak man? You know, like mm -hmm. you don't get to, and that's the part of the conversation where, again, kind of where fascism and rigidity can come through lib liberal and liberty oriented as well as the psychopathic side. Mm -hmm. It's really, we are all human and we all can, we, none of us are holy saints on the mountaintop and we all have the <laughs> propensity to, you know, do that to, to just get out, to think we're on the mountaintop. But so it's like, it's the big lesson because that square, like in the light of the square, it's chafing. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to accept all the different types of people and, or to see things through different lenses, like to see racism through different lenses. Mm -hmm. You know, well, yeah, we all agree that racism is terrible. Some people think it's evil. Some people think it's a psychopathology. Some people think this is the only way to heal it. This is the only way to heal it. You know, like there's all these different and but every self, and this is my belief that I am witnessing from my Piscean mm -hmm. center, because I can definitely feel the heat of this transit of like wanting to think I'm right and wanting to think I have the answer, which is all crap, because none of us, we're, we're just right. being here doing our best. But like my hope, I know I'm kind of tangenting weirdly now, but my hope would be that we could all allow each other to have these different lenses that can come together. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the challenge at the moment is like, how, how do we let go enough to be able to have find common cause with each other? Uh, and how do we uh, let go of some of our own uh, entrenched beliefs uh, to let them shift and change and to be more inclusive for other people? Uh, and in the process of that, to also find the way in which we can fit in individually. Like, yeah. how do we, how do I not exclude myself from uh, the how, human picture? And that brings me to like where I got lost, was back to like how this is personally affecting mm -hmm. this square. So, looking in your chart, Matt and I had a big download yesterday of our personal. Uh, square. So you want to look where Taurus is to see where Uranus and Mars are together, squaring where Aquarius is, where Jupiter and Saturn are together. So like for me, I have the Aquarian energy of Jupiter, Saturn in my house of who am I? And I have the Taurus, Saturn, uh, Mars and Uranus in like my lower mind and local community. So that square is saying, I got to change my lower mind. I got to like have identified differently with the executive functioning here and now part of my brain. 
and it's right. very hard, but that's exactly what's been happening in that I am now a multitasker. I was not a multitasker two weeks ago. I now I'm somebody ready to get up and go at any moment. Whereas even just a month ago, I was so entrenched in my own routine and needing a certain amount of space and boundaries around me to show up. Not anymore. And so suddenly, <laughs> literally within two weeks, I don't need that anymore. My executive functioning mind is changed. Right. And like for Matt, like you want to talk, you want to yeah, share for me like i mean this whole ordeal of like starting a business uh or you know actually making it a business uh and how to you know how do i uh let go of some of my beliefs about how to operate uh and what what i can and can't do um because create... because you're aquarius just you didn't name it yet i just want to say you're aquarius jupiter saturn is in the 11th house exactly yeah it's in my 11th house of goals, uh, so that, aspirations. Yeah, and the in the <clears throat> and also the patterns of groups and patterns uh, of groups. Yeah. yeah, and like what is okay to do, what is not okay to do. In some ways, it it has to do with uh, you know the ethics that go beyond just the laws. Uh, you know, how do we ethically operate? So I've been having to deal a lot with uh, figuring those kind of things out, and it you know creates a lot of tension. Uh, in my resources, because like I gotta figure this out in order to uh, to start to uh, find and tap into uh, the monies and and whatnot to be able to live off of. Um, and so it, it it is a lot of letting go of what I had thought was my you know the way I wanted to operate before, and allowing for things to change and shift a little bit there. Yeah, it's kind of like where the Taurus energy is for you, resources, and for me, lower mind, that where the Uranus energy is, is where the big shift, the letting go and the new sense of self or, or the new way of being or the new whatever happening. Mm -hmm. Whereas where the Aquarius part is, is where the narration is. Because Aquarius, again, is like right. the, the mind. So for me, it's like how I narrate who I am. For Matt, it's how he's narrating his goals, aspirations, ethics, how he relates to the collective. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, look into your own chart and if, you know, just want to say if you need help, Matt is doing astrology readings. I'm not, I, I use astrology in therapy. So if you're looking th for therapists using astrology, I'm here, but Matt's an amazing, you helped me so much yesterday by the way, in oh, that dream you. interpretation and mm -hmm. the astrological breakdown. It was so potent and powerful. I just wanna thank you for that. Oh, well, um, thank you, Michelle. I appreciate that. And it's always great to be share space with, uh, with you and other people uh, to be able to have that moment where uh, things kind of click together a little bit. And You're good at, yeah. Like I like the way that you name in a very Aquarian way with your Aquarius moon, maybe what it is, but you also have like this warmth and intuition that's just coming through mm -hmm. that just feels safe and just so helpful. Like that's why, I mean, I just, just wanted to say that, but that's, I think like, you know, there's some astrologers that are just mental, just going to tell you what's going on. 
but you also bring a therapeutic element to your astrology reading. Like you bring like a warmth. Yeah, well, I mean, the goal is uh, to help the person uh, to feel more comfortable in their own skin. Um, because that's, you know, when we're looking at our natal charts, like what we're trying to do is to figure out where we fit in the flow of the universe. Um, and so it's like, that to me is the most important thing, not showing off. I mean, I, there are techniques that I, I, I can use and I can predict things, but that to me is like of secondary importance of helping yeah. someone to sit there and uh, becoming more comfortable in their skin. Uh, that's such a great line because I feel like that's exactly what I experienced yesterday when I was like swimming in my own over mentalism uh, analyticalism <laughs> and you helped me name through the astrology exact and the dream interpretation kind of bridging those two exactly what it was and as soon as it was named I could I was able to just drop into that and um shift so that's like using it's therapeutic, you know, the therapeutic astrologer. That's different than just an astrologer who's who's giving an analytical reading. So just wanted yeah. to say that maybe towards your square or just felt compelled to name that 11th house gift. Yeah, that you have. So I know it was a tangent. Sorry. Uh, it's OK. I. I... <laughs> I appreciate the compliments, uh, and uh, I, you know, I I will say that I've you know I've learned a lot of that those listening skills from you as well. So, uh, you know, you know, listening to the inner child and you know letting that child be who they are, uh, I think is important uh, because so I think our culture just we just don't listen. We just don't often. listen, yeah. and and the inner child, you know, that was a poignant reflection also in the evening for me yesterday is like we all have our inner child the part of us that wants to be seen wants to be heard wants to be valued doesn't mm -hmm. want to be solved fixed told what to do told what's right and wrong and I mean that's just like it's nauseating to me honestly how much of that is in our culture and how we, yeah, like just to listen and love and say, I see you, that is really hard. Mm -hmm. And it such a powerful dream I had that I didn't realize was my inner child needing my love. I just didn't realize that I was off on some other tangent about what it meant. And, you know, me who spends like 24 seven, um, uh, you know, in the healing modality, <laughs> And I just it was totally blindsided. It's humbling how much I was getting stuck in executive functioning and crisis management and like the bigger picture and how the inner child and maybe that's the Taurus and searching in my brain for where this is in these aspects. And maybe that's the Taurus energy is, you know, the tangible and just the inner child just saying, you know, can you see me? Can you just mm -hmm. acknowledge me? We all need that from each other. Yeah, Taurus. I, I often think of like Taurus as being uh, in the life cycle, being like the toddler phase or that, uh, yeah. you know, before you hit the heavy categorization, like when precognitive. 
Yeah, and you're just looking for you know comfort from your your parental units, uh, and uh, you know you, these people in your life, and uh, that's kind of what where Taurus is really important. So you know, yeah. figure out where it is in your chart, but also tap into that that part of yourself uh, from childhood, and the the ways in which you learned comfort. Uh, or or didn't learn comfort. Um, yeah, very true. This feels like a, and I know our bell rang, but this feels kind of like, which is so great about astrology because you never stop learning. This mm -hmm. feels like a new opening of Taurus. Of like, oh yeah, Taurus as the inner child and yeah. reflecting on how you were comforted and not comforted and honoring the comfort and being able to give yourself that comfort right and also to ask for it from safe people right Keep yeah i mean safe people because the comfort those comforts are there for a reason they're, they're there to help us feel comfortable in our own uh bodies and in yeah our own that's that's you know again when you think about the animal world animal you know animals other animals other than human don't really have the self-consciousness that we have they don't develop those kind of insecurities and the attachment wounds and that whole thing. And so Taurus is, is kind of like the animal kingdom's comfort and security where animals just live in symbiosis with nature. They don't have to have a spiritual belief system. They're just connected. They just are. They're just right. being. And that really is like the Taurus version of that. And can you connect into that yourself? And these are hard times. I mean, I know for myself mm -hmm. that I don't have a pet and I don't, you know, I have the pandemic, so I'm not getting like the touch and the, the connection and that's huge. It's fundamental. If you're not getting that too, you're not getting a fundamental need met. And so there's that pandemic level of it too, but just outside of the crisis of everything, how important for Taurus and Uranus is coming in and Mars is coming in and it's light to help us evolve in that way and be more right. connected to our inner child. Right. Even if it's very uncomfortable, uh, it's helping us to rediscover what uh, what's kind of vital uh, to our own kind of existence and our own like this particular incarnation of who we are. Um, and you know why it's important to value that and value yeah to value the tangibility of the inner child's needs mm -hmm. really value it I really value my incense and crystals and oils and dawn and dusk and yeah value your inner child's needs and our bell rang so it's time for us to wrap up but just to say out loud one more time if you do you want your chart read or your aspects read? You can reach Matt on the link down below. Yeah, intransitastrology.com. Uh, yeah. yeah, and likewise, if you're you know, looking for a therapist or uh, you know, check out Michelle's website, uh, michellebloom.com. Yeah, ther therapy incorporating the transpersonal astrology tarot, that type of therapy. Um, we're here for you as long as we have the digital working 
through these times. <laughs> yeah. oh, we don't know if Uranus is going to knock out the power grid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, until then, uh, <laughs> we'll, so, uh, we'll be here on Mercury's hour, uh, yeah. kind of channeling the uh, channeling that Neptune uh, uh, spiritual realm and bringing it down to Earth. So, uh, you know, until until the next time, uh, take care of yourself, stay safe and healthy. And I will close this session and bid everyone peace, comfort, and inner stability with the transpersonal and your personal faith through these oops, through these times. So mode it be. So mode it be.